0: Happy Monday, my friends, and it is no ordinary Monday. It is the 25th episode of the Mark Clare Show. You've been here with me. At least a lot of you have been with me for the last 25 weeks as I do my best, do my darndest to dive deeper, to dive below the surface, to get to the heart of matters and help you navigate this reality, both in the material and spiritual sense. And we do definitely tackle both here today, uh, both in general, I should say, but uh, I guess both here today as well with my guest, someone who I've been a fan of for a long time um, and someone who's really come to light in the last couple of years with a lot of his outspokenness, and that is comedian, Jim Brewer. I'm so excited to be talking to him today, of course subscribers, premium members of the Mark Clare Show, uh, which you can join on Patreon, Subscribestar, Rockfin. Uh, find all those links at markclair.com, M-A-R-C-C-L-A-I-R.com. They already heard this discussion. In fact, they heard the extended version, including the smoke-filled room segment uh, where we just get even wilder than we do in the main show. I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. Before we get to it, though, I got to remind you about our fantastic sponsors at foxandsons.com, F-O-X, letter n dot My man Stephen Fox starred this company because he had great memories having coffee with his father so he started this company to share those same passions and have more memories with his sons while teaching them about business as well you can get a discount through me by using discount code MCS, think Mark Claire show that gets you 18% off your order. So before you go any further, pause this interview, head over to Fox and Sons, F O X, the letter N S O N S -S 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 dot com. Find yourself a nice bag of coffee. I'm really enjoying this Costa Rican honey prep that my man Steven just sent me. It is smooth, smooth, smooth. Get yourself a bag of whatever looks nice to you. I've been loving the Den Blend and Bark. Den Blend Bark, that's the dog version, Den Blend Dark as well. So check them all out, foxandsons.com. That being said, enjoy my conversation with Jim Brewer. My guest today is an actor, comedian, podcaster. You may know him from Saturday Night Live. You might know him from Half Baked if you were a stoner in the 90s like someone we're not going to mention. You may know him from his latest venture on Jim Brewer's Bruniverse podcast. I'm so pleased to welcome the one and only Jim Brewer. Jim, welcome to my show i do mark and hello to awesome. all your followers and listeners excellent um jim a lot of directions to go with you it's been a it's been a crazy career i guess a crazy life so to speak last couple of years being a little bit crazier for for all of us i guess but before we get into all of that stuff i just want to kind of get to know you a little bit better so uh, i guess a good place to start would be just figuring out just where this bug started for you this this bug to speak out not just you know politically now but um just in terms of comedy in terms of wanting to connect to people when did you first start to get that itch
1: Now, you talk well, the actual, actual, yeah. I mean, I'm talking the origin story here, yeah. Okay, so cut to little fat Jimmy. And, (laughs) um, you know, like I used to always, my family was always really funny, we'd really funny, and I there was always big gatherings, there was always big laughter, but I didn't really get the bug for stand up, like, I loved watching comedy nonstop. It's, it's Lauren Hardy, Abbott and Castell, Three Stooges. I love Slapstick. I love. And then I think when I saw or when I, I heard an album in, in fifth grade. It was Steve Martin's Let's Get Small. Mm. And um that that is that's it just kind of blew my mind like, wow, well, you can make a wait this guy's just being funny in front of a crowd I thought records were all music and I thought records like what, what is and that I have to say probably was the beginning and then seeing Richard Pryor on HBO when my parents were sleeping and then watching George Carlin and then Eddie Murphy and that was it was just like, I didn't need to know anymore. This is what I, I am these guys. I am going to be, I am going to be a stand-up comedian. And I, I was the class clown in school. I was, I liked making people laugh. I get off on making people laugh, especially if they're miserable. The more miserable, the more I zoned in on you. The more, <laughs> I, yeah, I, mean, I really did. I mean, the more, even at work, like I would go to work when I was, uh, I worked in, um, tarp in springs florida uh, this place called innisbrook golf resort and there'd be a couple barmaids or waitresses that were just miserable and i just i would i would like my mission is i'm gonna you're gonna like me and you're gonna laugh and i'm gonna i'm gonna break you and um that's just kind of been that was that was the beginning of it all, leading to be on stage, enjoying comedy, enjoying making people laugh. And then, you know, and then you're and you're off to the races and it starts becoming this whole other thing. But that's that's where it started.
0: Yeah, you've obviously been on some pretty big stages between your stand-up comedy, Saturday Night Live, and that sort of thing. Uh, but I'm curious with what you just said there, does does anything compare to that feeling of getting the miserable barmaid or what have you to finally crack a smile after like three hours of working on her?
1: That's no, the greatest, This greatest. That is to, to change someone's mindset and their mm. attitude yeah. is way more thrilling for me than to sell out any arena or sell out a theater or sell out whatever. It's just, yes, those are high adrenaline rushes because uh, you're performing, but to see a transformation in someone that's miserable, see a transformation because they're whatever their home life is, and I bring some Kuiper like, "Come on, man, look at the good side." Why you got that? That that's always been uh, a super driver. That I've that brought me much better pleasure than any other uh, standup gig. I love that.
0: Yeah, because, I mean, your other shows, your stand-up gigs or what have you, the people are paying to come see you. So, there's a certain amount of built-in, like, they're going to give you the benefit of the doubt. They want to come laugh at you in that case. But the miserable person who wants nothing to do with you, I mean, that's the real accomplishment, isn't it, if you can get them to laugh?
1: That's the one you want to crack. <laughs> that's that's way, way more powerful. And it is powerful. That's a, that's a power. Uh, it's it's incredible to break their energy and put their energy in a different path. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: So, how did you take that that sort of love for comedy, that desire you got from the Richard Pryors, the Steve Martins, the George Carlins, and actually turn that into a career? Because it's one thing to dream and, and another thing to do. So, I mean, how did you work your way up into the point of actually getting cast on SNL? Well,
1: first of all, I was really cocky. And... I there was there. Is there is no? I think. I think confidence my confidence level I, I i just started something on my podcast um and we call it vintage brew where i took i took all old tapes like open mic and i all that jazz gave it to my guys and said if you can if you can um make this so we can show it i don't know what's on here and i'm starting to watch old footage of me and i knew i was confident cocky but now i watch it like oh my god this guy is out of control <laughs> but um i think that confidence level I, to be dead honest mark from the day i from the day i was probably about 16 years old i knew there were going to be lights on me. I knew I was going to be in the public eye. I knew I was going to be a name that people knew. I just I just knew. There was no stopping it. There was no stopping it. So even, so it started with open mic nights. And when I would go to open mic nights, I already knew nobody in this room was going to be able to touch me. Yeah, right now you might. You might be better, but in a couple of years, none of you are going to be able to touch me. I am just passing through time here, so I think that I think that confidence, cockiness, um, definitely was a, a driving factor. Uh, I, I wasn't like, oh, you know, when I make millions of dollars, it was just I'm better, and you're going to see how good I. I would show up at shows, literally. With the attitude of you people have no clue, then a couple of years from now you're going to go. Oh my God, we we saw this guy at like mm-hmm. we saw him in that tiny little club that night. Was he? Oh my God, that's the guy. So I think that that is the major contributor. And then as time goes on, you know, you you you, you fail, and then you you keep. I never took failure uh, too personally if i if i failed my motto was and still is oh you have no clue you just did now not only am i going to get up and and come back harder but now there's going to be no stopping what i'm bringing now and I, and i still live with that attitude it's um you learn where you made a mistake and so that that i think when you when you see people like that no matter what field they're in, they kind of stand out. And I was watching the footage of me trying to think of if I was in the audience going, all right. I I, I mean, even when I walked on the stage, I command respect and I demand your attention. Immediately. So like, oh, wow. This is, wow. I had no, the jokes were horrible. But um, the content was like, oh my God, what am I talking about? But, that got me to on the road. The road was a, a pivotal part for me because I'm working with with people that've been doing stand up for years and years and years, and they would give me guidance. They would uh, they would help me with my act. They would, and then they call this guy and get more and more shows. And then that led to, hey man, you should go to LA or New York, and. I went to New York and pretty much in six months, I was on a national TV show called the Uptown Comedy Club. And it was an all black show filmed in Harlem. It was a white <laughs> Almost guy. all
0: black show, I guess.
1: <laughs> Almost all black show. It was an urban show. Um, and that show changed my life on so many levels. Um it was probably one of the greatest experiences i ever had in my entire lifetime to this day. I have nothing, but it was such a great time in my life.
0: Did you have to reframe sort of the way you approach certain jokes or your, your comedy or anything like that, just because it is kind of catered towards a different sort of audience that might be looking for a different sort of flavor to their humor? Well, yeah, because not so, because it was a sketch show. So the sketch sketches,
1: yes, we purposely would, would, would go to the urban, you know, th- their audience. But I'll never forget they would. Th- the crowd loved me. You know, I'd walk through Harlem, and there's not. There, I have to say, there's no better feeling than than walking through Harlem and not great areas, and people in the neighborhood are like, "Yeah, what's up, white boy? You call me <laughs> funny, white boy, boy. We love you, white boy." And that. So so everyone, I, I definitely was um, given a lot of love there, but I remember the the people that ran the show like, hey, why don't you come here and do stand-up? I was like, oh, I don't know if I can, That's a <laughs> whole different, that's a whole different beast. And I do remember doing stand-up there. And I actually now that I remember it, I did the the Apollo as well. Um you definitely I definitely had to try to appease. Cause my material is not really t- gathered for them, but um, you know, I did a couple gigs. One gig got booed off the stage, and they don't just they don't just boo you off the stage. You got a whole crowd. You got doing popcorn this to you. flying at. You. Oh, dude! They, it's they don't throw stuff at you. They all start waving for you to get off the stage. That is not a, That is not a fun feeling. Well, you've got. About. I think I'd
0: rather have food food thrown at me.
1: You got a thousand black people stand up, just doing this to you. Get it? You know, <laughs> get off the stage. It's like, okay, all right. Well, thanks for having me. <laughs> um, and then that led to, you know, then I got in all the city clubs and the city clubs. You get all the, you know, the vultures, the the producers, the managers, the blah blah blah. And then um, I got a deal. I started getting what they call development deals. And then that led to some TV. And then that led to a big show I was going to do with Dave Chappelle and home improvement in the nineties. And then that led to Saturday Night Live. Now we're filming Half Baked and it all started just from doing stand up. And then right after Half Baked pretty much came out, I left it all. And wh-
0: what what was it was it about that that moment, uh, that peaking moment of Half Big, what was it that made you want to take a step back after that?
1: Um, the immoral lifestyle of entertainment and Hollywood and the the um, the cutthroat stealing, just there's no law and order it's 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 i sensed nothing but evil now that's just me that's just me and you know me and dave chappelle were close back then and we would have long long conversations and i saw the stress dave was going under Like it was, and I saw a lot of Saturday Night Live too. Saturday Night Live was amazing when you were doing good and blah, blah, blah. But it also had this. You you get a revolving door of superstars. So you get to see up and close and personal this blockbuster star and this big band and this this actress and this actor. And then you see what they're like personally, and, and then you start seeing things that the public has no clue about. And then you go, well, how do they how do they keep this secret? How is this how is this not? How did everyone not know this? This is You mean bizarre. in terms of just
0: what kind of person they are off off camera and off screen, and then versus the perception that they have in public? Correct.
1: Um, and not not just an asshole. Their their sexual preference. Um, you see like fake marriages, and you are like, what? Like wh- what? You 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 see you see. uh did you ever see the movie, um, uh, oh my God, Ben Affleck, um, where you get, where, where we get the Iran? hostage?
0: <laughs> no, that, yeah, I, was, I, I said Geely, but no, I, was, I know which one you're talking about. I forget the name of it. The one where he like, yeah, gets the hostages out of Iran.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So basically they create an entire movie production with a premiere, blah, right. blah, blah. And it's all fake. Mm-hmm. You'd be shocked. How much is just a front, like a pizza place? Like if right. I if I'm here's a pizza place and they go, you know that was just a front for like this billion dollar shipping and handling sex trafficking and drugs. You're like, What? Um You're like, that
0: would never happen.
1: Um that's crazy talk. So that uh and I just whatever, for whatever reason, I grew up a very moral human being. Um to me, it was always God, faith, spirit, family. And then do work to supply for that mm. um, and do the right thing, like just do the right thing. Um, and I didn't see any of that going on. So it was quite the opposite, quite the opposite. And that, I it, it never made me feel, I found myself way angrier and disturbed than really enjoying what I was getting out of it.
0: Does it start to feel like you're sort of living in like a, a Truman show or something like that where every little thing around you realize this is created, this person's crafted, like what is actually real in, in this industry?
1: Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a little bit of that, but it's also a little bit of, I, I can't explain it. Do you, do you ever go into, you know, uh, you go into a, a home, or you go into uh, whatever, a whatever restaurant and you just whatever you go into a place and you get an instant feeling mm-hmm. in your gut. And you're like, something's something's weird in here or something's creepy or something's dark. Right. Something right. you feel that that's a
0: feeling. I walked into the wrong place today. You know?
1: Yes. Well, that is, I had a lot of that and, there's just a lot of seediness and a lot of uh, there's a lot of that. I almost feel like there are times where I actually felt like this was a branch of like a, a government thing, whereas like an agent. Think of the name, an agent. An agent was not really, it was really coming from somewhere else mm. rather than just like we make them, but they were getting paid
0: so sort to sort of craft to, a reality, not just guide a career necessarily.
1: Yeah. And I can't explain to you, like, I, I remember a huge agencies. So I was a big, big agency. And one of the big agencies, the guy sat me down. He's like, no, listen, um, if you're really going to take it to the next level, um, and this was right after all right, Half Bay came out, and now I just wrote a film, I wrote a couple films, and um, we, we were in the middle of the read-through, and it was, you know, the guy stopped, he's like, I don't need to read anymore, when do you want to film this? And right after that, it didn't go through, whatever, uh, I remember the agent going, now listen, if you really, really want to make it, and you're going to, um, you're going to have to listen to things and go to the places where we ask you to go. And I'm like, well, what is that? What is that? Of course. You mean like auditions? He goes, no, you need to meet the people. And he goes, or there's this you Island go- you see, <laughs> right? Well, well, he didn't say that, but he was just basically like, or you can go back to home and, you know, have a nice little family and do okay with your stand-up career and which is a nice place to live. So I was like I I, I chose the latter. Um it, I I can't describe the world. It's uh that industry. So I I I didn't feel good there. So with that said, then uh I went off and you know now we have a couple now we're having kids and I took uh I went to Sirius XM. And I said, I'd love, I want to do a radio show. And I brought all my best friends. It was like the original entourage. It was, it was people I grew up with. I had another comedian friend. I had uh, my friend Larry who worked at FedEx. I had my high school friend Jimmy, both my high school friends. And that that was based on I want to be home and watch my children mm-hmm. grow up. I'm now home. I get to watch my kids grow up. I go and do this gig, and I'm still getting paid. This is amazing. And then around 2008, I started going back into stand up, and then eventually, then you know, I did good doing I still do good doing stand up, and then uh, I've always kind of been on my own boat uh i don't listen to the industry i don't uh do what you're supposed to do and, and all that jazz i just i live for to be home to be around the family to enjoy life to do uh, and that that is and then once covid hit excuse me once covid hit i've had this other deeper calling for 20 years and i was petrified of the calling and um that kind of opened the door for me and it was awesome okay. and it's and um and I've been doing it since
0: All right. well well let's let's dig into to that particular calling cuz you mentioned that you've you've had this i guess sort of brooding in you for 20 years or so so is it the kind of thing where you you sort of had thoughts about the going ons in the world before, but you just kind of stuck to the comedy for whatever reason and didn't really go out there with that stuff until this moment, which happened to a lot of us, uh, myself included, where you said, OK, I have to I have to not just shift the way I look at the world and look at what's going ro- on around me. I have to shift what I'm talking about because I can't stay quiet about the things in my mind because look, look at this.
1: Well, yeah, and it actually started before that like I wrote it you know people think this came out of nowhere like you know Jim's like all spiritual blah 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 I'm like well I gave you the hints a long time ago my first the book I wrote was um more about making us all understand that we are connected in a deeper way you don't have to go to church you don't have to be part of religion but if you do understand that spirit runs through all of us and then we are deeper connected and then there is this whole other life that we don't understand exist and existed before this matrix was created before they were like okay you, know, you gotta go to school you gotta read a bible you gotta, you gotta go to college and then you're know, professors or and you go and work and you you do everything we say i mean it's gonna cost you money and you want money don't you you want a boat and all that like like all right well how do we get back to living in a village where we had our own water and we had our own supplies and then some assholes came along and then kind of distracted and made us do something else so that um I wrote a book and a long time ago is called, you know, they, they wouldn't let me go full deep and spiritual. So they were like, Oh, no, let's go. So I called it. I'm not high, but I got a lot of crazy stories about being a father and then a thing and a spiritual warrior. Mm. And what I would get from that is like, oh, I love that book. Man. I seen you know, that story with Dave Chappelle's dog. And yes, it's very entertaining. But then I would get once in a while, I get people like, Hey, man, I read your book. Um, I really like the deep stuff you wrote, man. You should, you should put more of that out there. I think that really, that 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 really connected. And that's what I really wanted.
0: Was it a conscious um, effort to sort of? not sneak it in per se, but it wasn't necessarily how it was advertised, but you're like, all right, I'm going to put this, this element of myself into this.
1: A thousand percent. Um, and that again, you know, what happens is, well, I didn't go for it. I then, would I would tell some stories and then, you know, it's, then you have the agent going, no, you can do that tour where you can make a billion dollars over here. And then it was just, and that's what happens. The dangling fruit comes like, you know, you got, you got three kids in school. You really should go after. And this might put you in arenas or whatever the scenario. And then, but I always deep down was a little sad that I couldn't really put this out there. And not, not because of any other reason, but I know people need to hear it. They need to hear it. Um, and I would tell them true stories in life. They're not. They're not from the Bible. They're not from a. I don't know anything about the Bible. I don't know what to and I have nothing against all that. You I mean, my wife's Christian. She goes to church. And dang. She, Are you raised religiously yourself at all? Not at all. Because you had all. mentioned like my,
0: God being important. So was it more of a just kind of what you're talking about now too? Like sort of a general spirituality you were raised with, more so than a religion. Yeah, so
1: I grew up, when when I grew up, everyone around me was either Catholic, there was Catholic, Jewish, and Lutheran. They would all have to go to their church school, or whatever, every Thursday or Sunday, or whatever, and... It, none of them came back with anything like, this is what I learned about God. Or if anything, it was quite the opposite. I would get the Catholic kids going, you know, you're going to have to do 30 Hail Marys because you, you you don't even like, you're going to, like, the devil owns you because you've never even been, you don't even know what Jesus, I'm like, this is what they're teaching you? This is what they're teaching you? Okay. And then, you know, you'd, I'd go to church and no disrespect to anyone who's Catholic and what, if it helps you, it helps you. Standing up, stand up, that. everyone does the saying at the same time. And we believe in above. It sounded so weird, creepy. I
0: was raised a Jewish, and it was the sitting and standing that always got to me. I'm like, can we just, can we just pick one? I don't even care which at this point. Can we just stop with the up and down, please? Right,
1: I, and and I, I just didn't. So growing up, just morally, I can feel deeper what was and i I think my mom probably was a major contributor my dad was full-blown nothing out there he was a world war ii vet grew up you know during the depression and 10 brothers and sisters mom died when he was a kid so i can only imagine what he saw in life he didn't talk about what um and where my mom came from her first husband was killed in World War II and he was a Catholic. She was Protestant, and she would tell this. And she wouldn't go to church, but she believed in God. She was like, you know, you make sure, you know what God? God will punish you if you do bad. things. right? Um, but she would, she would. I remember her going. She would do the uh, Our Father or Heaven. I don't, I don't know the whole prayer. Um, and in that, and he- it's like, what's heaven? It's like, well, that's where we go and we die. What is dying? Well, I'm not going to be here forever. That concept as a child, when she said, what do you, I, I was like, what do you mean you're not going to be here? She's like, we all die. Like, what do you mean we all die? And some people will say a parent shouldn't do that. But I can honestly say it scared the life out of me. Because I, my little mind would go off like, what do you mean? Like, where do we go? What are you talking about? But at the same time, it really made me think, you mean we're not here for a lot? Long- like, mm. we can leave at any time? And then you see people or hear about people that die. And death is the greatest contributor to waking your ass up. To a deeper reality you're either going to go there is no god or life sucks it's unfair or you're going to go wow uh we really all are we don't know when it's going to end and anyone could go at any moment in time we better respect mm-hmm. this lifetime while i'm here and i think i kind of always had that vision and i would see things at, at the, in deeper meanings, and I was what I was going to say about my um, mom. So her first husband's killed in the war while she has his baby, and she went to the funeral at the Catholic church, and the priest would not acknowledge her or the son in front of the congregation because they were Protestant, and my grandfather got up. Uh, grabbed the baby and my mom and walked all the way up to the priest and he said you're no man of god and neither is anyone in this room you're all con artists she had this this man had a this man had a wife this man had a child we are people of god you were all with your nonsense hat i mean he went off on the hat and the robe and <laughs> blah 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 and he just and that was hearing that story really made me wonder about religion. like if we're all on the same team of God, but yet you're gonna condemn, you're not going to acknowledge a widow and their child and that's the Catholic Church. And then you hear you know a couple of things so I started believing, I started believing that um, I would go deep and go, oh, so people are spiritual and there is a God, but people, demons, not like with horns and all that, people with an evil drive, with no morals that are soulless just for themselves, created all these religions so they can separate you and keep you from getting to a place that you are so powerful if you allow it. And that energy and that power and that consciousness and that instinct is a very powerful tool. And I started recognize when I tapped into that as a, as a young person, a teenager, it made me wonder that is why all these distractions are created because they don't want you to, th- your government doesn't want you to know that. You, the people, the bankers don't want you to know that. The people that control everything, media, entertainment, the banks, society, corporations, all, 24-7, a billion different channels, all different bands, all different, none of its things about uh, spirituality. What is pumped? Nothing but the anti This whole country is vanity, ego, uh, all the things that take you away from a deeper moral place. So...
0: And it's what's, that's what we're told is important from the beginning as we're raised in, in these systems in school or what have you, even from our parents who usually mean well. Um, it's all about your career, setting yourself up for this, saving for college, uh, oh, and then going into debt so you can pay for this house, and then eventually you have your social security. As long as you keep pumping into the system, you're going to be taken care of, and that's it's ingrained multiple, uh, you know, generationally.
1: Right, and that is a that's a big lie. It's a huge lie. It's the biggest lie in humanity. So... Um, that, that is, I saw too much of the other side in the show business world and it's everywhere. It's not just show business everywhere. It's it's, it's our government. It's absolutely everywhere. Um, and that allowed me once COVID hit, like I had that drive to speak that way for a long time, but I had to do it. I want to do it in ways where people can understand like i'm going to tell you a true story i'm not going to tell you uh in the bible and again nothing against the bible or anything like that like uh you know when moses said this to john and uh, like no offense but people zone out mm-hmm. some people get something but some but if i tell you a real story about if i tell you a story that when my dad passed right and when my dad passed um that was the worst when my dad passed that was that was by far the the worst pain i've lost a brother a sister best friend cuz lo- i've had plenty of death in my life um so when that happened i remember sobbing and praying in my house going you know god like what do we do we feel it? Can you just can you just like any type of show me like, do we feel their energy? I don't need to see them again. I don't need to know. I know, I know we're gone forever or wherever we go. You said there's a boat is there. And, 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 and I'm, I'm really zoned in on this. And as this is happening, there's a knock in the next room and it keeps knocking so I go in the next room and there's this cardinal like up against the window right I'm freaked out and then he goes back to the tree and he just stares at me and he starts chirping and then I go to walk away and I and then it goes away again so that you know I'm a little freaked out you know know, if I wasn't with, was this bird going to be here no matter what right right but as the story continues this bird now comes every single day wow and taps tap, well and now becomes a part of the thing with the house Like oh you know it's grandpa and it's a joke, you know my kids were like grandpa can you not bang on the window at seven in the morning? It's a weekend. I I, want to sleep. And we've had we you know we filmed it thing and I would sit and stare at it. And as crazy as that was, but I was at this time I was also still mourning my father really bad, really bad. I'd see an old man, I'd lose it. I'd see someone uh, wheeling someone in a wheelchair, I lose it. So that that so imagine this. A year and a half, this bird shows up in October. It it lasts through the winter. This cardinal lasts through the winter. Then it goes through the spring, lasts the entire summer, every single day. Not once in a while, every single day. So Now it passes a one-year mark, and we have a little thing for this bird. It's a one-year
0: mark, you know. Like a a, a birthday party, or like (laughs) yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. We're like, you know, and some people think I'm crazy to like, right, right, right. So people now it goes to a year and a half later, and we went on vacation Turks and Caicos, and I was sitting there, and I had one of those cries. Everyone, when they lose someone deep, they have primal cries. Your mouth is open, you, and that day um i i stopped to cry and i went oh my god dad i'm am, i'm am sorry i'm letting you go you're out of here you go I, i'm not holding on to you anymore you need to, to go wherever you got to go i'm not going to cry anymore I, I i need to grow up i am so sorry i held on to you this long i'm so sorry i held on to you this long and uh it was the big release. And then we got home and you know, my father-in-law is watching the house. And the first thing he says, he goes, Hey, man, you know that bird? The bird, that bird left sometime in the middle of the week. I'm like, what do you mean? Because yeah, it's just it's uh you know, it's gone. I'm like, what? Wow. And it and I know that's a weird story for said Like, oh, so you think that's? It never came back again. I never had a cardinal in the yard again. I never had birds stepping on the window again.
0: And that timeline lines up with like the exact moment you. Yes, it's weird, you know. And and he's like, oh my
1: god, it migrated. And there's people that that for you, if it migrated. It migrated. So there's, I've got a. Mm-hmm. I've got all these other heavy stories where, like, my life is coming to a a bad place. I ask the powers to be, and this world shifts, and blah, blah, blah. So I've had these examples, and that's not a great example, but I've got powerful examples. And when I share them with people, it now makes them go, wow, that's interesting, because I always felt this, but I thought it was weird. And I I think Mm -hmm. sometimes we think things are weird, but they're actually normal. And everything else is weird, but we've been taught to think or feel that way is weird. where actually what, what all of this is is weird
0: right. I, I think too, like that that story you just shared. i I've heard throughout my life a lot of stories like that from individual people, but you never hear them necessarily shouting it from the rooftops. um it, it's It's the kind of thing where, like you said, yeah, maybe you can point someone to a passage in the Bible. Maybe it'll move them, but it's not, it's, it's very easily to write something off as myth or or think in the abstract about Moses parting the Red Sea or what have you, and, and have that not really connect with you because you think, well, that's just some story. Meanwhile, if you, t- if you talk to a real person that has a story like that, um, you you can actually, actually start to realize like, maybe I don't know what's going on, but little things like this here and there, when you hear them from a lot of people, you start to say, okay, I don't get it, but there's something else. There's something else beyond this. What is, that how can i comprehend it i don't know i can just do my best
1: and that's all you can do and then there's you know when you start getting into you know i'm a big meditation guy i'm a big prayer guy and when i when i say that did did
0: you get into that stuff later like on your own later in life or how, how did you get into all that
1: um how did i get into that you know i got into it pretty much on my own and then Someone taught me really someone someone gave me great advice. You know, they were they were definitely a god guy and I would tell them stories and they're like, you know, when you reflect, do you reflect? I'm like, yeah, I reflect. <laughs> Reflection is huge in your life. You can sob, you get angry, like those that you need to get those emotions out. And you also get answers after that. And he told me the three greatest the the, the greatest thing in life. Was the three S's? He goes, just remember three S's: S S S. Sit, be still, and be silent. And he goes, your answers will come. You ask, ask in general. Don't ask for a new car. Don't ask, ask like, hey man, my kids, my kids going through this and this and this. I don't know what I'm doing. And I, 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 how should I think? you're Like I I, I, I don't know what I'm doing. And he goes, then you sit. You be still and you be silent with your thoughts and everything. And I'll just come. And I know it sounds kooky, but almost like Bob Marley when he sings the song "The Three Birds." Everyone imagines three birds, and they're actually saying, "Don't worry." It's not that. What happens is you sit down, and the sound of the birds and the sound of the backgrounds, all everything. When you let your mind clear, all becomes one, and then your consciousness starts showing you things that you could. Your your mind's too cluttered with. I gotta watch this and Netflix and we I get on my computer. Then you turn on the station. Then you, we're going to come here. We got to make a reservation. When you take away all that irrelevant nonsense and you allow your consciousness to come out, it's not the birds talking or, or it is it's, everything becomes one and then all that conscious those answers come out and spirits come out you will get little signs you will, it's it's amazing it's freaking amazing so I don't and doing know that, doing that every
0: day can can literally change your life. Like starting your day like that, because I, I used to just be a, a man, and I'm still a maniac, but I don't do this all the time. But I used to just start every day, opening my phone and going on Twitter, and and, like, and just firing away. And next thing you know, it's like hours later, and I'm still in bed doing this stressful thing that is actually designed to stress me out when I started uh, you know getting up and even if I don't have time or whatever I, I'll at least do like a 10 minute walk outside before I do any of that stuff even just that very very minor change it's it's night and day how the rest of my day goes
1: I even I, I, I learned you're hundred percent right and I learned nature is the greatest healer <laughs> Even if you're, if, if I hate the cold, I hate the cold. But when I started really tapping into this, I would, I would dress super warm, no matter how cold it was. And I would try to sit outside in the silence as long as I could just sit there. And it was the most peaceful nature brings you because it's nature it's natural it's not man-made it's not it does it doesn't need your consumption it doesn't it's not uh sending you off to school it doesn't need your money it's nature and so it's there to heal you and then you start there's something about if you're in the woods you feel i tell people like you want to go on a hike i'm like no I wanna go for a, a stroll and I may sit down. I'm not walking through the wood. I'm not walking through the when I we're taking a time. We're gonna sit down. If I feel like staring at something for a while, that is that brings a whole different element of consciousness at times. And it's powerful, it's beautiful. Um, and it's a necessity. It's it's a necessity, it's healing. We need Those thoughts, we need those feelings, but, um. I don't know where well, I'm what you're this.
0: describing, too, has like I've, I've spoken to other people on this show and other shows where people describe what you're talking about right now only through like psychedelics, mushrooms or something like that. But um, that's kind of like a turbocharged route, but you can achieve the same thing just by doing what you're saying, just by being in nature, just by achieving that silence without necessarily needing some some fungus or something to do. Give you a little jump start.
1: Well, listen, I'll tell you this, too. I remember years ago I've done I, I remember doing a mushrooms. Um. there was, there was, there was mushrooms in public sucks. Sucks. Not made for that. Did it and was in nature night and day. And what I, but I was never, you know, the, the thing with mushrooms too is I wasn't addicted. I didn't feel like I had to do this again. It was like, oh, wow, I just saw a whole different layer of consciousness and what it was. And I tell people, I can't describe it, but I will tell you. So I remember, you know, we were at a bachelor party of all things. So we're in the woods, we're all camping. Beautiful day and I'm walking, I sit down. It was like Alice in Wonderland. I started looking at flowers, wildflowers, and the colors. I could see the life of the colors. I can... I, it, it, I started to understand natives, Native American tribes, how they would say we're all connected in the spirits. I can feel and see the, the consciousness and spirit of the grass, of a tree, of a flower, of everything. And then while I was doing that, I sat down in the grass And I just kept staring. I'll never forget this. You know how like a dragonfly just, when you see a dragonfly, they're very erratic and they move quick Mm -hmm. and they do this. Well, this freaking dragonfly, I'm sure in real time was doing this. But he, what I saw was him just like this.
0: (laughs) And he was... He was just completely checking me out, trying to intense f- eye contact from a dragonfly. It was
1: nuts, <laughs> though. And then he landed, like on my. I was sitting Indian stone. and he landed on my knee, and he was just looking at me. <laughs> and I went, and I'm like, "Oh my god! I totally, I, I can." Feel your thought process. I can, I can, this is amazing. This is like the greatest film I've ever watched in my life. So what I took away from that was um, maybe there is something a lot deeper that we don't understand. You know, I had a friend, this guy, Joe Sib. I bring him on the tour with me. And, and years ago, and he knows me now, like everywhere I go, everywhere I go, he's like, did you go on your hike yet? Did you go for your walk yet? I'm always on a walk. I'm always on a hike no matter where we are. And I came back like, Joe, I saw this thing with a hawk and blah, blah, blah. And he started telling me how his wife and his business partner sent him away. And he was having troubles with his eye. He thought he, thought he was having a stroke and all that. And he was tense and blah, blah. So he sends him away. And long story short, it was a spiritual um, retreat. And he thought he was getting massages and <laughs> a hot tub and all this. You're jazz. doing three hours
0: of hot yoga, pal.
1: Right. It's going to be amazing. So that's what he thought he was walking into. And what he actually, every day they gave him an assignment to meet a spiritual human being. One of them was a Native American. Uh, and 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 they went on this hike. And I don't want to botch it off from, but at the end of the day, like he found through this Indian, a whole different layer of, of our soul, our consciousness and how disconnected we are. And to this, to, you know, and the Indian taught him, listen, man, just, just, just touch a tree. Remember when you were a kid and you would sit under a tree and touch a tree and climb the tree. And why would you do that? Did you just want to be hired? Did you leave? You ever take a leaf and you look at it, um, you you're, you people, meaning us are so disconnected from the earth, from the earth's energy, from the earth's power. Um, all of you are, um, and, to this day, his story is because he's such the opposite. He's like, Deep up, you know, LA, we're gonna move him right. Um, to this day, like we'll be on the road and we we'll walk around and, and like what are you doing? He's like, I just want to just gotta touch his trees. But <laughs> <laughs> um but I think getting back to that is very important. I don't know. How to, because they got everyone addicted to worse than heroin into this matrix. How to be a billionaire, how to be a millionaire. Be the best, or be all you can be, rather than let's be all we can be. Let me try to help you. You help me. Let me try, to, oh my God, this one's done. Let's help this family. That's been ripped apart and torn to pieces. And you brought up something earlier about Twitter. You know, you're on Twitter. Mm-hmm. All of media all of media no matter who your favorite media to all of it social media any media their one job very well planned agenda very well like years in the making is to control your consciousness your energy and your decision making and it's doing a damn good job
0: the more emotional it can make you high or low bad or good up or down it's all good it's more chaos for you so that's going to take you off the off the path
1: that's why i used to love the band um uh system of a down i used to love system of Down. how do you own disorder disorder brilliant those guys were brilliant incredible lyrics um so yeah, I've been on this path for a long time. I just haven't been very loud about it until until recently.
0: I mean, was that like the the sort of the main crux of starting the Bruniverse podcast? Was it like, all right, this is where we're gonna really bring this whole thing out in the open and just just let let this puppy fly? Yeah.
1: So the Bruniverse started because um, I filmed a comedy special and it was, you know, somebody had to say it. And I was on a platform. Uh, a really awesome platform and we started doing the pre-orders and you know we we had a lot in in a week and a half and then I just came out with the whole hey man and then they tried really forcing the vaccination and I went I'm not if you if you gotta show a card to get into my venue um I'm, I'm not playing it. We're mm-hmm. done with that that's not going down. I'm done I'm done I'm done we're done You guys, you're out of control now. You already controlled us from here to here. The the war has begun. I'm walking away. Do they want
0: to vaccinate you as a performer as well? Or is it just like, you could not be vaccinated, but everyone that comes to these shows is going to have to be? So you took a stand on that.
1: Correct. So they had to get vaccinated to come see me. But also venues, the venues were pushing it. The venues were also controlled by... Other elements;
0: right, and, they have business licenses and and whatnot. So there's a you know there's a chain you can follow there.
1: And what blew my mind, how I saw how deep this was. Uh, I had an agent, and the agent said. So we had a big agent convention and bit, now this is 2000 this is 20 uh, like 20 21 maybe 2021 October 2021 my specials ready to come out so the specials ready to go and the minute I said none of this facts they the guy he's like listen man we can't we can't show this here it's owned by XYZ we get a lot of we've got a lot of uh uh bands that are signed to this type of touring company and we're going to lose being that we just we got to drop you i said well what where can i show it well there's not too many places because they're all controlled by xyz Mm -hmm. and i'll never forget my agent so we went to this big asian convention and we're thinking we're definitely going to start hitting the stadiums around tw- summer of 2022 and blah, blah blah and i went now how how would you know mm. in the entertainment world when things are really gonna be like right.
0: Because right now they're telling us we die if we go around each other. So you're saying, you know, by summer 2022, we're in stadiums,
1: and not only that, um, where they're not going to be asking for the card, and they're not going to be forcing vaccinations. And I was like, how would the biggest money-making people with the like? How do you know that? How do you know that? And that was more of a reason. There's many reasons to start opening the many eyes that need to be opened. Um, And so the Bruniverse that, that, that then opened up, I had to go to, I went to Patreon and the Patreon to get my money back was, Hey, if you join Patreon, I'll show you the special. Mm -hmm. But then that also opened the door of you know what. Now I'm gonna and then t- t- I'm gonna start putting my real life feelings out there. I if someone and then I started having Patreon members interview me. If you join, you're the podcaster, and I was shocked how many people came on. And they didn't want to know about Sunday Live. And they didn't want to know about, but, but. like, this was a fan. Like, oh, boy, what is this going to be like? And they were like, hey, man... <sighs> When did you start getting spiritual? Because, and then they want to know about that. When when you took care of your dad, because I'm going through that with my dad, and they were all just people that wanted to know about life. And it became more about a neighbor coming on my porch and talking real life stuff. And that's when I realized, wow, there's a huge, way more people than I anticipated dying to start, that, that have these suppressed feelings, that have these suppressed visions, that have this suppressed consciousness. Justness, and they're dying to let it out, and because and they don't want to feel like a freak anymore. And
0: that's it's almost coming coming full circle too. I mean, it, it, in a in a way, it's like you're back to being the therapist, like when you're making the the, the upset barmaid crack up or what have you. Now yes. you're listening to someone's real problems, and hopefully, you know, making them smile along the way. Yes, and they started making me smile, and they started right. yeah. and they yeah. started
1: giving me things like wow, and that 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 was amazing too, because that evens out the. I don't want to be above you. Cause I'm the guy that was on the tele. Just cause you're on the television, or whatever, it doesn't, right. it doesn't make you above anybody. Doesn't make you smarter. It doesn't make you better. It, it's it's just like, well, you know, I have this avenue. So that was that was an incredible connection, and still continues to be. Where I'm, you know, I'm. And you start seeing the ripple effects of how this touches so many lives. It keeps on going. And and to me, that is way, way more important where we're at in life right now. Like right now. Um, and people really need to understand they have so much power within. So much power within and such a deeper consciousness to connect with one another if they just give it a little chance
0: did you get any kind of backlash at all once you <laughs>
1: <laughs> and for two, two backlashes one was shocking to me the other was not um i will uh, now, I, I don't check my socials. So, so I, I made the video, like the Vax video. I'm like, hey, I'm not mm-hmm. doing this for us blah blah blah. God, blah blah. <sighs> the agent called a couple days later. And he's like, uh, this is uh, this video is not going away. I'm like, what are you talking about? Uh, it's like it's trending big time, and they're killing you, killing you on Twitter, killing you on the news. I'm like I'm on the news. Like oh they are destroying you like really and you know the a million how dare you your dead father would be ashamed of you um your wife who's had cancer now all of a sudden you don't believe in science and mm-hmm. you, you just saw the worst of humanity and i was okay with that because i understood they're nowhere in life. They're still controlled by the monster. And that's okay. But the one that really stuck out to me, and I won't throw names out, right as that video ended, I get a phone call. And when I got a phone call from this person, and they're big comedian, um, I was like, now, I've talked with this person a couple times. It's usually just kind of small talk. And, hey, what's up? Did you hear what happened? This person, blah, 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 da, 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 you know, little, little things. But I see this phone call, and I went, this is odd for this person to be calling me right now. Um, and they proceeded, and thank God I recorded the conversation. It's like, just in case. So <laughs> I just, I had a hunch of like, yeah, we're going to regret it. So I took my iPad, I hit record, and I'm like, hey, what's up? And it went from, hey, you know, I just figured I'd give a call to, you know, you got to be careful. And I don't know where you get your information. So it turned into a this person called to reprimand me and say I'm reckless and the venue should have masks and blah, blah, blah. And I went, well, dude, well we're not going to. I said, listen, I think you're one of the greatest. But I'm going to tell you right now, we're never going to see eye to eye. So you can yell and scream all you want. We're just not going to we're not and he tried another debate and blah 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 and I'd give him another angle and he'd fight it and blah 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 like uh, dude, so this
0: I was someone who you, you weren't super close friends with or anything right so like not is it a person who would normally call you with advice i guess is my, is my is the question here right no no okay. but someone that would call like hey man blah blah you want to okay. hang or okay so not strange to get a phone call necessarily but strange for one to go in that in that sort of direction one hundred percent. And then the
1: same person. I made a video. Um, oh my god, probably like a year ago now, where it was about a circus. I said, "Hey man, are you enjoying the circus?" And then I gave examples of what's going on in the media and and all this jazz. And I went, "If if, if you don't understand, if you if you don't want to get out of the circus, that's okay. But just at least understand you're in one." And that's all it was. It wasn't political, it wasn't whatever. And then this person again reached out and was like, it dude, it was the first time I started believing in cloning because I was it's like, all,
0: it's, it's literally what I was thinking. I was literally thinking, like, is this like your agent Smith? Is this the agent assigned to you like to to it, it, pull it, you it, back in? It, it it weirded me out because like, this
1: person does not put this out there. Mm-hmm. This person's almost quite the opposite. They made a living on not being uh, this way. More like a you know tough guy, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. they put out there. And I was, so, I'm like, are you,
0: are you editing me? <laughs> You're editing me. You're, you're, you're reaching... like not just editing my comedy special or, uh, or a joke editing my life. <laughs> you're
1: editing my video. And so I got pretty, I sent them back a video and I basically said, Hey man, uh, I appreciate you reaching out, but in all due defense, would you like me from now on to, check with you before i put something on my social media that has nothing to do like i was really i've never had that with anyone and the fact that it was this person really it was bizarre it was really bizarre and then it made me thought like, okay, either you're a fraud and you pretend you're something and you're not, or you're, you're maybe you are cloned, maybe you're a whack job. Like I don't know, I don't know. And I haven't really talked to that person since. I'm sure we'll cross paths. We're going to have to eventually. Um,
0: well, you have to do the, the clone th- the clone test if that happens. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I, I well, I'm sure there's a series either. of questions you can run.
1: <laughs> but that is the first time I ever was really. Uh, I, I thought it was weird. I thought it was extremely bizarre. And then I thought, oh, well, maybe this person just doesn't want to get off their mountain. Maybe they just made it to the mountain and they roll with people on the mountain. They think they're special. You know, ego would do that to you, where you now think you're the spokesman for other humanity. And you know, at the time being, I wanted to uh <laughs> really bring them back to size. And it was like, all right this is something. But I just it it was that's the only that's the only pushback. That I, that I was intrigued by media. I expected certain family. I expected people. Oh, oh, you don't care about humanity. Knock yourselves out. I could care less. Um, this person. That's the only one. Where I was like, wow, that's weird.
0: Uh, just one thing I want to want to ask you about. We'll, we'll wind down and hop into the uh, the smoke filled room to get a little weirder. But uh, you know, when you mentioned them talking about summer of twenty twenty two, and as we can look back, like that's that is pretty much when when stadiums did start opening up and stop requiring vaccines and stuff like that. So, do, I mean, how much do you think this whole thing was, um, you know, timelined out way ahead of time to the point that a year earlier people people know exactly how it's going to play out?
1: Dude, come on, man. Fauci basically said. Uh, when Trump was about to go in, he's going to deal with a major pandemic. It's it's on video. It's it's they've been planning this for so long. And if you don't believe that, that's okay. That's okay. You know, they did a whole thing with Bill Gates where they basically did a run through for all this. So they're so way ahead of the game there's been movies on this there's television programs on this they planned this a long time ago and you can't tell me for one second it wasn't very well designed very well planned they're ready for every single question, every single objection, every single pushback, and continue to be. And that is the part that's frightening when people don't understand that. And when you do understand it, it makes life a little uh, a little more humbling. But yeah, 100%. There's nothing you can do to convince me This wasn't an extremely well-designed plan. extremely well-designed. This was worldwide. Mm -hmm. This was worldwide.
0: That's- How is one day people in multiple countries all around the world being told to stand six feet apart simultaneously, you know? That's powerful.
1: Powerful. That's- You can't get any more demonic and evil than that. You can't get any more. That's that's slavery on a level that's unheard of. That's power. That's evil to its core. It's soulless. And that's why people say this is a spiritual war. It is a spiritual war that's been declared
0: on you. Well, indeed, and, and that spiritual war is is pretty much the reason I took this direction with this podcast after doing something more political for almost a decade, and uh, it's, it's so I hope to help arm people for that, and uh, of course, people can certainly, there's another tool in the arsenal that now I can make people aware of that don't know over at the Bruniverse, so I'll, I'll give you one more chance just to plug away on anywhere and everywhere they can find out uh, what you got going on with the Bruniverse, and then we'll hop in the smoke-filled room. Have a <laughs> Sounds
1: good, man. Uh, just go to jimbrew.com jimbrewer.com and then the bruniverse is the podcast that i do weekly and um, that's it you see me on tour tour is different than the bruniverse so that's that's stand-up comedy Um, and then the bruniverse is the podcast we go
0: anywhere and everywhere all right jim brewer thank you so much for coming on my show really appreciate it all right, friends, I hope you enjoyed my discussion with Jim Brewer today, a guy I first saw him in the movie Half-Baked sometime in the 90s. So just to think that I could be sitting here having a 90-minute discussion, 90-minute for our premium subscribers, of course, uh, with this guy who has just some incredible spiritual insights and really sees the world in a, in a very similar way to I do. is just a, just completely mind-blowing, so it's definitely one of the greatest parts of doing this podcast are the people I get to talk to, the conversations I get to have. That pays for it in and of itself. Of course, you guys pay for it too. Our premium subscribers, again, you can get extended early access to all of these episodes commercial-free uh, by heading over to markclaire.com, M-A-R-C-C-L-A-I-R.com, where you can join on Patreon, Subscribestar, Rockfin, however you want to support the show. It is greatly appreciated. Just being here, listening to this show is greatly appreciated, uh, especially those of you who have, been, who have been with me from the beginning. I know a lot of you came over from Lions of Liberty to me this is a, a milestone moment, a milestone episode, not just because it's a nice number of 25, but having Jim Brewer, having someone like that on is just, it means a lot to me. So I really appreciate all the people, especially Magoo, one of my, my great supporters who helped set this up. He's a patron of Jim Brewers. So he has a little bit of that extra access. You know what I mean? So I really appreciate uh, Magoo setting this up for me. You are the man. And thank you all for tuning in, for being with me on this. Sorry, Buck Johnson. I apologize on this journey known as the Mark Claire show. Uh, that being said, the journey shall continue. Tune in next week. We're going to have even more fun. Things are going to get weirder and wilder from here. Don't you worry. Until next time, friends. Good afternoon. Good evening. And good night.